Good morning, Grace Place family. How are you today? Welcome to Christmas at Grace Place, both those of you that are online, those of you that are on campus. It looks really great up here, doesn't it? One of my favorite singers just sang. <laughs> uh, I know that, like me, all of you are saying the same prayer during this season. Dear Lord Jesus, help me fit into my pants today. Amen. <laughs> right? Uh, we've just come off of Thanksgiving. We're being ushered quickly into Christmas season. Uh, the Advent season starts today. So we're going to be talking about joy and rediscovering Christmas together. And I'm hoping that uh, you won't miss a Sunday online or on campus here. You're going to be a part of, of all the great things that God has in store for us. It is a jam-packed season uh, we will be visiting all of the themes that are on the wall over there, but we also have a Christmas play the kids are bringing, and uh, we have Santa coming. Uh, we're going to have cookies with Santa one Sunday, and then, of course, one of my favorites of the year is the Christmas Eve service, so I hope you're not going to miss any of those. We're going to do a walk through uh, the book of Luke, the early chapters here, the birth of Jesus. So. If you want to turn in Luke chapter 1 today, uh, we're going to begin in verse 39 and read through 44. It is going to be an awesome journey for us and together, hopefully, in a difficult season, we're going to rediscover the joy of Christmas today. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 39, would you please stand for the reading of God's word this morning? In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, uh, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think, what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. And he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. We'll move down to verse 39 in the same chapter, chapter 1 of Luke. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy." Heavenly Father, we thank you for the joy that is Christmas. 
And we ask, God, that you would lift our spirits and focus us on you, because even in the darkest of times, and even as this passage was written, the dark season that was going on here, where soon after, Lord, uh, Herod begins to go after every male child, and uh, Lord, to have them killed. And Lord, we, we recognize there have always been evil and wickedness and dark times on our planet. But it has never extinguished the light and the joy of Christmas. And so we invite you to help us rediscover joy this morning. And we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Have you ever wished that you could experience Christmas story in a new way? Have you ever, like, lost sight of the joy, of the hope, of the peace, and of the love that are the defining words for all time because of Christmas? If that has happened, it has probably happened in a season like what we have been going through in the last two years. That we have an ability to lose sight of the joy, of the hope, of the peace, and the love that Christmas represent. But I want to invite you to follow me on a journey as we go through the Gospel of Luke here in the next four weeks together. From a priest named Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth to a manger in Bethlehem, you're going to meet Mary, a young Jewish girl who invited God's miracle into her life. Joseph, her betrothed, who gave up his right to be right so that he could also hold the promise of God. And let me introduce you to just common shepherds who heard angels sing about the King of Kings and they hastily beat a path to the birthplace of the King. Let's discover Christmas together in the middle of troubled and difficult times that you and I are facing right now. While Christmas honors the, the birth of Christ, we sometimes, especially I think in troubled times, tend to forget exactly who we are celebrating, right? The little baby in the manger was God himself arriving on earth to save us from death. He is life and resurrection. He is not merely one good choice among a many uh, in a religious smorgasbord. Rather, he is the only one who can ultimately transform us, providing meaning and worth and purpose to each one of our lives individually. Christmas is joy reminder. In troubled times, God himself came from heaven to earth. Let's take a closer look this morning at the beginning of this story. It opens by saying that Mary was betrothed. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant, it says, of the king of David. And Gabriel appeared to her, an angel. He said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what this could mean. It's the experience of all of us, isn't it? When we come to know that we are favored by God and loved by God, it is a sense of confusion and a, a disturbing to us because nobody knows us better than us, right? And it's a wonder that God has favored us. I had an experience uh, as we were traveling uh, over the last few days 
where we encountered in a retail store a, a woman and had conversation going on. She was talking about the dark and troubled times in which we live. And as she was speaking and talking about it, I sensed the, the darkness and the despair and the discouragement that is so much evident in our world and in our community and all around us right now, beginning to kind of descend in the room. And suddenly, I think she and I at the same moment caught ourselves sinking deeper into that. And she stopped what she was saying and said, but I want to say in this season, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and as we thought through uh, what that meant for us, and as I was leaving the store, the, the lifting of my spirit as I was thinking through what it means to say Merry Christmas, what it means for us in this season, what joy it is that God himself came, not sending a representative, but he came himself to dwell among men. And the part about the opening line of this where Mary is confused and disturbed, you can imagine all of us in her place, you know, trying to think through it in a flash of a moment as the angel's talking to her, remembering all the slips, blunders, mistakes, and things that she's made, even at this young age, that are not very God-pleasing, right? The times I disobeyed my parents, the times I took something that didn't belong to me. She was ever bit as human as any of the rest of us. And, and as she began to think about all of these things in a flash of a moment, and the angel is saying, you're favored of God, something good is going to come through you, something good is going to happen in you, that it was difficult to believe and the the look on her face probably as the angel was speaking to her we all know what confusion and and being disturbed looks like and and that was our face our collective face of humanity in that moment as this young girl is trying to come to grips with why am i favored and so it is this morning there are people in this room there are people watching online that are saying why is it that i am favored why is it that I am loved by God? How is it that I am so loved by God that he wouldn't send a representative, but he would come himself? Why is it that I'm so loved by God that he would make the journey through life all the way to the cross and there give his life up for me as ransom for my life? He took what really belonged to me. The psalmist, in uh, lest we, you know, kind of move Mary to a position of, of the deity, which is the only one rightfully there is Jesus, right? Unless we move her to a place she should not be, let's be reminded in Scripture that all through Scripture, God calls us favored. All of us, not just Mary. Psalms 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor, and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Exodus chapter 33, verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Tommy Walker wrote a song uh, several years ago, and we used to sing it a lot. I miss that song. He knows my name. And uh, in that song, in that chorus that we would sing together as a church, 
it always moved me because I, I, we, it is a different thing for us to say God so loved the world and to say God so loved Alan, right? Because I, I, I can believe it for the world. I can believe it for everyone else. But sometimes I know me too well and I know my mistakes and my blunders and, and it's harder for me to know God's love for me personally and God's favor for me personally. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 34 and 35 says, Joyful are those who listen to me, watching for me daily at my gates, waiting for me outside my home, for whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. The first reason for us to be joy-filled in this season right now is rejoice because you are favored. Rejoice because you are favored. You're cherished. You're loved by God. You're unique. He knows exactly every characteristic of you, every molecule, every DNA. Uh, God knows all about you, and He loves every bit of you, right? Have you ever thought about, like, with your children, we had three, and, you know, uh, what would life have been like for them or for us if we had said, you know, uh, we have a favorite one, uh, you know, if we need to trade the other two, um, that's fine, you know? And it's, it's never that way, is it, parents? I mean, you know, you are, they're, all your children are favored, right? And they're all unique, and you have these beautiful stories about each one of them because their personalities are so unique, and so God has it about us. I can picture God at times smiling. He says, yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's how I made him. <laughs> I was recalling uh, the other day, uh, my brother and I, you know, we started in, in uh, had an opportunity to work in ministry together in Phoenix. I was, he was already the youth pastor when they elected me, uh, moved from associate to senior pastor in the church there at Christ Church. And it was going to be a joy to be able to work with my brother, you know, and he had a challenge too, a challenge for him, a challenge for me, you know. And uh, so, you know, he's still young and I'm still trying to, I'm young too, but, uh, you know, a little bit older and, and had been accustomed to some things that he hadn't. And, and so I was trying to get him, we had these old vans uh, we would use to go pick up kids for Sunday service and sometimes men's events, ladies' events would take these vans out, they would fill them up with people and go places, you know, and, and so it was that the ladies were planning an event uh, that was going to be up in Tucson, <laughs> and uh, so the one thing that I had put on his agenda, among other things, was that he would go to all of these vans and make sure they had all the tools that were necessary, you know, they had uh, tire changing tools, you know, good tires, uh, that they were in generally okay condition, he was no mechanic, neither was I, but uh, that they were, they had gas in them, and that you know, and especially as we were coming towards the ladies' uh, retreat, you know, make sure that all those supplies are there, emergency kit in case there's a flat tire and all this kind of stuff. And um, so, as my brother, as it was with my brother, you know, uh, lots of things got on his plate in advance of that, and so, and I wasn't paying as close attention as I should have, and so the ladies climbed aboard one of those vans uh, and took off to Tucson and. Uh, I think they had already gone to the event and they were on their way back when they had a blowout on the tire and they got back there. There was no spare, <laughs> no spare tire, no tire changing tools. And uh, so I could imagine, you know, uh, listening on the phone, you know, to the phone call that, 
you know, this was going to be my last Sunday as pastor of the church, you know. <laughs> These ladies were out in the hot sun, you know, between Tucson and, and Phoenix uh, in the middle of nowhere, you know, on the side of the road with a blown tire. And so immediately, you know, I wanted to, like, uh, confront my brother. Um, and yet, you know, I knew that that wasn't going to be productive, you know. And so we just had to find the solution. So we boarded uh, one of those uh, vans hastily, right? And we took off. And uh, got not far before one of the tires blew out on ours. And uh, we, uh, I went to the <laughs> back of the, I already having a conversation with him on the drive, you know, about forgetting these things. And I go to the back, we open it up, and uh, there's only a tire tool, there's no spare. And I pull the tire tool out, and I turn around, and he's standing behind me, and he goes, don't hit me! <laughs> We're out in the, in, the, in the middle of, you know, the freeway and, uh, you know, there's, it's a grassy area between us and the other side of the road. And I just started laughing and I ran after him, chased him. We fell down. We just started laughing, you know, and I'm like, it's, it's hopeless. I mean, here we are and there they are, you know, many miles from us. And so it was all we could do, you know, in that moment was just, just laugh through it. But I began to, to think about that story in light of how favored we are by God. And I could see him in that moment going, <laughs> check this out, Jesus. <laughs> These two clowns, they're about to have a blowout, and they have no spare in this van either. <laughs> Only a tire tool. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Rejoice because you're favored. I want you to take a moment and turn to your neighbor. If you're at home, do this as well. Uh, anybody else in the room, in your house, turn to them and say, congratulations on being favored by God. Congratulations. <laughs> the second reason we have to rejoice in this season, we rejoice because we're favored, but we rejoice because He reigns, right? Yeah. And darkness never extinguishes light. The other is what is the case, right? Light always extinguishes darkness, right? Chases it out of the room. I have never been in a room where there was a lit lamp and darkness came in and just overtook it. You know, I've had one, you know, a light bulb burn out, but I never had, you know, darkness just jump all over light and cover it up. Can't do it, right? <laughs> light uh, prevails. So we can rejoice because he reigns. You will conceive, he said, and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom, those five words, let's read them together. His kingdom will never end. His, let's say it together. His kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end. Amen. Amen. We can rejoice in troubled times because He is in command, even in troubled times, even in dark times, even when the rise of evil all around us, we see things happening that are disturbing and against God's word and against what God would want for us and for this planet. And yet we can rejoice in the midst of that because He's in charge even in those moments. He's in charge of every moment, of every breath, of every circumstance, of every resource, the sovereignty of God. He prevails. He's Lord over all. 
And the entire universe awaits his commands. And nothing happens that happens without him. Right? Nothing happens that happens without him. Psalms verse 47, 8 and 9 reminds us that God reigns above the nations, setting on his holy throne. The rulers of the world have gathered together with the people of the God of Abraham. For all kings of the earth belong to God. He is highly honored everywhere. Highly honored everywhere. Even among those who are trying to extinguish the word of God and remove Christianity from the planet, they're doing so because he is highly thought of. If it was some weird religion that nobody was following or interested in, they wouldn't be interested in removing it. They aren't, right? What are they interested in removing? What changes lives. What transforms people. What frees minds. What liberates people from the bondage of man and sin. That's what they hope to extinguish. He is highly honored and regarded everywhere. So let's rejoice because he reigns. Amen. 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 He's sitting on the throne and like he's nothing is disturbing him. Oh, there's another variant out there. He's like unmoved. (laughs) You know what the Bible says about each one of you that are honored and favored of God? He wrote down the number of your days. Right? Right? So the variant can't take it. Hello? Amen? Is this, is this true or not? Was, was God just, just waxing eloquently, you know, or the, the writers of the Scripture just waxing eloquently? You know, well, I didn't really mean that he wrote the number of your days in the book. What I meant to say was, you know, somewhere between 50 and 90, you know, something might happen, Right? Or did God say, the minute you're done is recorded in my book. And the start of you is recorded in my book. And you're favored. And when you're done, Paul said, absent from the body, present with me. There's no limbo. There's no hanging out. No trying to get things right. It's instantaneous. When you're done here, you're with me. From life to life. Right? Let the dead bury the dead. But you, (laughs) your light never extinguishes because you're favored and I love you. And when you're done here, you're coming to hang out with me. There are beautiful pictures in Scripture. You know, we give honor uh, to, you know, some people uh, for no uh, good reason because we are all favored and loved by God, right? But if you want to look at some uh, one, one guy that's really honored in Scripture early on, God's walking with Enoch and talking with Enoch, a man of God who loved God with all of his heart. We don't know a whole lot about him, but the Bible tells us this story. They're walking together one day, and God says, You know what? I'm having such a good time with you. I love you so much. Why don't we just go to home to your permanent home? Let's just go. I can imagine that, you know, because the story is recorded, there had to be some evidence that Enoch was not, right? So it was probably his clothes, you know. You're not going to need that. 
I've got some better stuff for you, right? Just leave that behind. Let's go. So Enoch goes streaking into heaven, right? <laughs> God clothes him instantly, right? It's, uh, you know, some believe that there, there's, uh, we're looking at the two witnesses, you know, that are coming in Revelations that didn't uh, see death. And so the, some believe that Enoch would be one of those witnesses because he didn't see death. And Elijah, the other, because Elijah, remember, also had an experience like that. God sent a chariot of fire down to get him. The rest of us get funerals. These guys just, you know, they're gone. But I think those, those pictures for us are pictures of like you're moving from life to life. There's no, there's no need to sorrow. Paul said it. We do not grieve as those who have no hope. We grieve, but we grieve with hope. And I love going to a funeral of, of highly favored, cherished Christian brothers and sisters. Man, it's, it's totally different, isn't it? I've done a, a lot of funerals over my lifetime as a pastor, and I've, I've had to do those where we're not certain about the, the eternity of the person that we're saying goodbye to and they're remembering. But man, when, when we know, you know, have aunts and uncles and, and loved ones and Christian brothers and sisters that we've done funerals for, we know, man, we're singing with all of our might, you know, hoping that it will break through crescendo of time here and they will hear it in heaven and hear us rejoicing with them on their first day in heaven. Thinking about my dad when he passed and, and uh, you know, shortly after he had passed away, it was like the Lord brought that passage of scripture to me a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day, kind of a description of what eternity can be like, you know, that just one day would be like a thousand years. And I started thinking about that because I, I love my dad so much and I had a lot of aspirations about being able to work with him in ministry. Um, I'm actually four years older than him right now when he died. And I would have loved to have had him around a little longer and, and uh, you know, just, just loved my dad. Such a, uh, if you ever met my brother, you met my dad. He's, their personalities are very similar. And uh, just loved, loved being around my dad. And I was uh, grieving that and thinking about not seeing him. That scripture came, day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day. And this, this like rapture of encouragement and joy filled my soul because I realized that it, it, that literally being true, I'm going to see my dad in the early morning of his first day in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it literally will turn around and go, you, you, you're here? Wow, man, what time is it? Like, I, just, I feel like I just got here. Let me show you around what I've seen so far. Not much, really. Because <laughs> it's just early morning of the first day in heaven. God reigns above the nations, sitting on his throne. The rulers of the world are gathered together, the people of Abraham, for the kings of the earth belong to God. He is highly honored everywhere. Third thing that we can rejoice in is we rejoice because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It says that when Elizabeth heard, uh, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone who becomes a believer and, and is saved is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the accompaniment 
of the welcoming of God. He's the one who's going to help you live out and walk out your life in, in, uh, in the way that God is leading and directing. He's that super conscience that's going to convict and is going to guide you. He's the power that takes over when your willpower runs dry, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's the one we lean into that's going to give us the power and the strength to live this life. But further in, in the book of Acts, we're told that there's uh, an immersion in the Holy Spirit, a baptism in the Holy Spirit that is spoken of there, that Jesus uh, is the baptizer. And so not only do you have the comforter and the guide in, in, this, in this salvation that we've welcomed him to be Lord and leader of your life, we can have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I believe both happened simultaneously here with Elizabeth. That not only was she, she welcoming salvation, but welcoming the very baptism of the Holy Spirit, of the coming Savior, Jesus Christ. He is our instructor, the Holy Spirit is, the teacher, the one who takes over. Had this experience just recently with, in the hospital with Emmy, I think I was telling you a few weeks ago, that... Amanda asked me to pray during the very darkest of the time that we were there in the hospital and had watched her go through so much. And here this baby is, fragile and holding to life. And, and uh, as I began to try to pray, you know, I can't pray except in the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that takes over and lifts Emmy up into the very presence of God and tells God everything that's on my heart, everything that's on all of our hearts for her and her future and her life. John chapter 14, verse 26 talks about, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends in my name. He will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is such a precious gift of God. And throughout Scripture, we're encouraged to welcome the Holy Spirit, not grieve Him, but welcome Him because He is literally described to us as the Spirit of Christ. And it is He who helps us live a Christ-like life in front of the world. So what's the application of what we're talking about this morning? I think it's found here in the last passage. As soon as the sound of the greeting reached my ears, Elizabeth said, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. <laughs> God is calling us in this season to rediscover the joy of Christmas. Rediscover the joy of laughter, of delight, of your smile, of, a, of your sense of humor, of the simple enjoyments of life. Rediscover the wonder of being favored by God. Let your born-again spirit tell your soul to rejoice. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Let your spirit, your born-again spirit, tell your soul it's time to rejoice. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen? And our face needs to wear what our spirit is telling us, right? Amen. Our actions. We raise our hands not because it's a, a, a liturgy that we practice, you know, 
Uh, it's spontaneous as a result of the joy of the Lord, of our sense of surrender and worship to Him. In Western days, right, the first thing they wanted to see was your hands up, right? Getting what you have, having your hands next to your holster where you can <laughs> draw on somebody. And we are in surrender to the Lord. You know, we have lay, uh, raised our hands to say, Lord, we belong to you. We cherish you. We love you. No matter how dark the this times are, the light of the world is never extinguished. And that's what we are called to remember as we think through this wonderful season and embrace the joy of it. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back. In a moment, we're going to lift our voices and we're going to sing a song to the King of Kings. But what I want you to do right now is I want you to invite your, your body to obey God's word and be joyful, right? I want you to, no matter what your, is happening in your heart and life, but I want to recognize this morning that there are some people, both online and, and present here, that have been going through some, some depression, some darkness, some difficulty. And you may laugh here or there, and you may enjoy moments, but it seems like you're always coming back to a place of sorrow and difficulty. I want to invite you to stand with me right now. And if you would, bow your heads. If there are any that are present this morning, that what I just said represents what you have been going through, a, a darkness, a difficulty, a, a kind of depression, I want you to, to raise your hand where you are. Just lift your hand up. as a, Pastor, I want you to pray with me. Yes, I see one. Yes, I see another. Yes. Pastor, I want you to pray with me. Thank you. Yes. God bless you. Amen. Amen. If you wouldn't mind lifting your hands again, and I want to invite those that are close to you to look around and see the hands that are raised. Would you go and surround those people who've lifted their hands that are in some discouragement right now, that are battling against some, some challenges, some depression, some, some difficulties? Father, as a family of God, as a family of faith, we surround our brothers and sisters we break the curse of the enemy who has saying to us that it will always be dark, it will always be depressing, there will never be light. And Lord, in this season, we're remembering that you reign. We're remembering that you reign forever and you're always in charge. And nothing that happens on this planet happens without your permission. We also recognize, God, that you, we are favored. We are favored by you loved by you, cherished by you. Yes. And it brings great joy to know that you know our name yes. and that we are favored and chosen by you. So I pray that our confusion and, uh, Lord, being disturbed and, and being discouraged and depressed would be gone in the name of Jesus. Put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the oil of joy for mourning and beauty for ashes, God, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus for our brothers and sisters in the Lord. God, I'm praying right now, Lord, that you would help us also, Lord, to, to understand that not only are we favored, Lord, not only are we cherished and loved by you so much that we're favored and that you reign over all the circumstances, but we rejoice because you've made a provision that the Holy Spirit is living in us. Lord, and we, we don't want to hold him back. He, he wants to shout through us for joy. He wants to shine his light for all the world to see.
Jesus is the answer. Amen. Amen. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And we invite you to do a work in all our brothers and sisters in the name of Jesus. This is the time, Lord. This is the time. And sometimes, Lord, we need to act out with our, Lord, with, with our bodies so that our faith will follow. So as we begin to sing, we're going, our bodies are going to tell uh, the, our, our, the rest of us, our mind, our soul, how we should respond in this season. We're going to be joyful. We're going to lift up a song to you in Jesus' name. Amen.